0: of the Sex Machines is now available on Amazon. Hey, how about that? With um, really great, great support from Ben Shapiro and from you, Ari David and Charlie Kirk. It's going to be really great. Um, I'm expecting great things out of this. This is a, uh, uh, I mean, the title is salacious. I, I grant you that, but the subtitle also tells it like it is. It's, it's about how our orgasm to go culture is uh changing everything about sex romance and relationships particularly the last thing the relationship part if we don't understand the value of relationships we're doomed this is i mean everything that we have uh civilization wise is really you can see it as the product of civilizing of relationships right remember the old days you know when you were learning biology and you saw the human body in terms of the nervous system the digestive system the circulatory system and whatever system, right? Remember all those things and they had layer upon layer? Yeah, he's nodding. He's agreeing. Yes, I am. Do you want me to
1: <laughs> talk or do you want to no, I continue? Want you to, I want, am I going to derail you if I say yes?
0: I want you to shut the front door. Exactly. There you so, go. So
1: there, keep talking. <laughs> yes, I, Yes, we all, we're all with
0: you. All right. So you remember Got that. it. Now, so another way to look at civilization, we can look at civilization from a, a point of view, and we'd be correct. You can look at it from the standpoint of the appreciation for the monotheism um, aspect of, of our civilization. You can look at in terms of the yearning for freedom. You can look in terms of uh, power versus uh, people, and you can look in terms of resources, but you can also look at it in terms of, from a biblical point of view, the notion of relationships. Everything in in the Torah, in the Old Testament, and the New Testament, for that matter, the Book of Mormon, uh, you've got, it's all about relationships, right? It's all about interactions between people, sometimes groups of people, but mostly between people. You've got uh, Jacob and uh, Esau. You've got Jacob and his sons. Uh, you've got Joseph versus his brothers. You've got Moses and Pharaoh, for that matter. You've got uh, King David and uh, Uriah. You know, you've got all—all all these different stories are all about relationships, the interactions between people, um, and—and it's—it's fascinating, right, when you think of it this way, and. What are we to learn from them? We are, we are to learn about the interactions and how they dealt with each other, and of course there's also the relationship between this or that person in the Bible and God. But, but right now we're, t- we're talking about relationships. And so what happens when a whole society becomes um, so introspective, so insular, that it ignores the importance of relationships? Well, the, 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 the civilization collapses. There's no story of relationships anymore. Everyone's insular, everyone's their own island. Very dangerous stuff going on right now, and you're seeing it. You're seeing it first among the young boys, but you're seeing it among uh, everyone, generally speaking, in the new millennial generation and younger. They're all on their iPhones. They're all talking about what's important to them. All they care about is their own feelings. All they care about is how they identify themselves, sexually or otherwise. And that's all that matters. There's no sense of obligation between uh, this or that individual and his community at large. That's just not important now. And, and, and we, we do so at our own peril. That's the essential part of Rise of the Sex Machines. And, and I show how people will ultimately become so insular, uh, especially men. Uh, and they will just gravitate toward these sex r- robots because, frankly, it just feeds into everything that civilization has been pushing them to. Whether it's the Me Too movement, whether it's the toxic mas- masculinity issue, um, whether it's the notion that you shouldn't have uh, marriage, you shouldn't have children, uh, and that you know relationships take hard work. They involve hard work. Yeah, Th- these are the things.
1: And also the notion that everything is okay. Everything. Yeah. Not, I'm a little bit my tastes deviate a little bit from the norm. Right. But now it's my tastes deviate extremely from the norm. Yeah. And when you're in a relationship, you have to curb your, um, let's just say, more um, deviant desires. Right. Because the person you're in a relationship in might not only... Not accept those, but be terrified of them. Right, right. right. Because those, those desires that you might have, the little fazzies, might be a little sick and twisted. Right. If not a
0: lot of sick and twisted. Even if they're not sick and twisted, sometimes you just, you know, you know what, you, you, you push those down. There are a couple of things. And hey, look, here I am saying repress your feelings. And you should.
1: Not repress your feelings. Oh, I Control do. Control yourself. No, no, That's no. That's what it is. Well, of
0: course you can. But I'm talking about repressing, repressing certain feelings. Let's say you have a desire. I mean, the obvious Example, right? Not that I have these desires, but if a man uh, or a woman, for the moment, usually it's men, has a desire for young children, God forbid, uh, he's got to repress those those desires and hopefully channel it to an adult woman instead. Right, that's rep- repressing his own desires. It's well, not just well, controlling yes, himself. Yes, you can
1: see it that way. But another way of looking at it, that I think, a lot of what the Bible deals with is fences. Right. Yes. If the Bible says, for example, "Do not boil the meat of a creature in the milk of its mother." Right. Right. Um, the, the rules of kosher, then, are, well, don't eat cheeseburgers, because if you go down the path of mixing milk and meat, you may eventually get to the point right. of boiling it, the creature. It evokes that
0: right. possibility, yeah. So
1: the way I kind of view it is when you're in a healthy sexual relationship with a consenting adult, preferably of the opposite gender, <laughs> provided you know your genders, most likely the desires for weirder stuff will not come up because your basic desires are satiated by what that person brings to you in a relationship. She brings companionship okay. and all those other I things. And, yeah. and then your desires don't stray into the weird. But when you have a relationship with a sex robot, perhaps now you, you're in a relationship with something that allows your your desires just run free. That's and true. there's nothing constraining you or satiating you. Right,
0: and, and no one's going to arrest you for beating up a... Your robot, nobody's gonna arrest you for having a uh, or, or
1: child robot. A child, right? that's right.
0: Child robot, yeah. God forbid. But, uh, but like like you said, I mean, you're not harming anybody if if you have a, a goat robot for that matter. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not illegal. Um, you may not like it. There are people out there, by the way, that that want to uh, ban uh, sex robots going forward, which I I don't believe in. I don't believe you should ban sex robots no more than I believe you should ban uh, alcohol. In fact. Alcohol is more dangerous than sex robots. When you think about it, you're not harming anybody when you're engaging with sex robots. You, you're only harming yourself. You're harming civilization, sure. But here's another: it, the, the issue is that with a sex robot, like you could have a threesome, you could have a five some, and no one will think uh, anything about you because you're not telling anybody about it. And even even if you did, big deal, right? You're not you're not doing anything kind of uh, be weird vis-a-vis other people.
1: Right. The only people who know about it are the people at Facebook and Google who know everything about you. <laughs> That's true. For every electronic device you use. But other than that, right. the people down the street won't see anything different about you.
0: That's exactly right. So, yeah. uh, look, the, the point is, but, but you made an interesting comment just a little while ago about how everything is acceptable when not everything should be acceptable, of right? Of course, yes. So, let me give an example. I was at a party the other day. Uh, it's about, I don't know, five years ago. And a woman comes up to me um, that I know, she's a friend of mine. And she's clearly pregnant, and, uh, and I, I will call her Sally. Sally, you're, wow, I didn't, uh, you know, look at her belly, it, she's clearly pregnant. I said, I didn't even know that, uh, that you've gotten married. And uh, you know, this is, this is totally news to me. It's been a, such a long, it really had been a long time since she and I had spoken, like three years. And she said, oh, I, I'm not married. And I said, oh, okay. I you know, I figured, okay, well, she's not married, but she's got a boyfriend. There's a father in the picture. And I said, oh, I, I didn't know you were together with somebody I, You know, that you would even, you know. And she said, Barack making <laughs> his
1: toxic male perspective. Apparently, assumptions. yeah.
0: So my assumptions, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she said, no, no, I don't have a boyfriend. Uh, you know, l- let me make this easy for you. I went to a sperm bank, she yes. said. And uh, here I am. And I said, oh, and, and then she explained, like, I'm just going to do everything backwards. I'm going to have the child first, relationship second, with, I'm going to find a man after. And I, to which I thought, all right, good luck. Um, but nevertheless, um, the way she spoke about it and entered the room as if, like, yeah, you know, this is totally normal. And she wanted to, I mean, I understand her. She wants to be accepted as totally normal in this way. And, you know, you, uh, that was the first time I thought to myself, and this is a few years ago already, where I thought to myself, what if, what if everyone did this? Not just the woman. I mean, a man can have a, a child through a surrogate, right? doesn't Yeah. Get what sperm if
1: me. everyone went to single parents? Parenthood. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, and, and by the way, I, I saw a friend of mine more recently within the past six months. I saw him at a restaurant and uh, I had seen his Facebook posting about the birth of his child. And uh, he was so happy And giddy Isn't he beautiful And all that stuff Did it? you make the same Toxic male I sure did About him I too, sure did That so he I, should be In a so relationship I, With a Yeah So I said Hey Bill You know I, I, I was so excited I didn't even know I saw your great Facebook posting Congratulations again Thanks so much And, and I said I, You know I didn't know you were That You're you were right, married It's been yeah. a long time and for With him it had even been longer Like five years And he goes Same exact conversation Oh I'm, I'm not married And I said Oh okay Well you know I figure people are not you know, getting married as much, which is already a problematic as it is. But nevertheless, I thought, okay, well, so you're in a cohabitating sort of thing. No. He goes, no, no, I just, and, and he said exactly the same thing. He said, "Let me make it easier for you, Brock. I, I, I had a surrogate."
1: Yeah, I made a sperm bank deposit into a surrogate in one way or another, <laughs> something and, like
0: that. Yeah. So here's and and I said, oh, you didn't want to have a. He goes, no, I don't. He, he said the most powerful words to me. He goes, I don't want to fuss. With somebody else telling me how to raise my child. That, that well, you is, can't argue with that. You can't argue, <laughs> but talk about the narcissism, talking about the, the well, notion that, yeah. that you cannot, that, that you are somehow totally in control, and that nobody else should have any, any input into the raising your child. It, this is clearly a man who never understood why there's male and female in the first place, why, that, that, there's a, that there might be a benefit to having a mother as well as a father. Uh, oh, and
1: that, he'll figure that out
0: very, very soon. Shortly. Yes, you're right.
1: Especially if he has a daughter. Yeah. yeah. Good luck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, you're right. So but, but that was interesting. So then it opened up something to me, because again, those, those two together, and they were separated by a couple yeah. of years, but I thought to myself, what if everyone does this? You know, What, what impact would, it, would that have on civilization? And it, of course, the answer is it would be devastating. But then I thought,
1: well, not, not as devastating as people not having children at all. Yeah, that's uh, more devastating. Well, that's, but this that's is, happening this too. This is the second worst thing. That's to happening that. too., yeah. so
0: we'll get to that. Now, then I had a thought experiment. Now, we've all been to parties before, and mm. you and your lovely wife, you, um, you know, you say hi, this is, uh, my name is Ari, and this is my lovely wife and uh, and is it okay if I mention her name? You can
1: say her name. Okay, Feeney. Of Feeney. She's yeah.
0: lovely, by the way. She's a beautiful, beautiful the lady. First very thing smart.
1: Barack said when he met her, "Is why did you marry him?"
0: That's right. Exactly. I, I didn't understand I'm just it. Wondering. You, you you look at that couple and you kind of you, you have at least one eyebrow raised, and very often two eyebrows. In my case, it was three eyes, three <laughs> eyebrows. Anyway, point is that you say this is my wife. And, uh, you know, Feeney, and we've been married for, you know, 10 years. We, how many, oh, do you have any kids? Yeah, we have two kids. And, yeah, good. Okay. So what are you really saying? In, in a sense, when you say, this is my wife, this is my girlfriend, you're also saying, aren't you, although you're not directly saying it, this is the person with whom I have regular sex. Right. Well, well come on, come on, yes. Just, just stop, stop. Yes. So that yes. Was, all right. That that's was a rhetorical exactly. question. That that's was a rhetorical. A, yes. Okay. Stop. Stop. Right. Stop. Stop. And he doesn't understand what a rhetorical question is. So, I know it's
1: rhetoric. It means it's just noise that comes out of your mouth. No, no, that's not supposed to be
0: responded uh, to. Uh, did, did I ask for the <laughs> definition of rhetoric? I did not. <laughs> yes, you did, <laughs> I didn't know what it was. So it's a rhetorical question. All right. So, the point is, are you not saying that this is the person with whom I have regular sex?
1: Uh-huh.
0: And, and, and everyone's jiggy with that. No problem, yes. okay? Whether it's a boyfriend, girlfriend, or, uh, or a husband or wife. Got it. Yeah. Now, so, same party. Now you see two men, and you say, this is my partner, this is my boyfriend, maybe this is my husband, right? And uh, Just
1: because we go to parties together with that, <laughs> it, yes, okay. we say that about each other, so,
0: too. So, in the old days, that would be like, oh, okay. But, you know, good for today, in, in 2019, uh, we kind of do a little bit of a, okay, I guess they're, oh, all right, they're gay, I got it. And now they have this relationship. And, and they're also saying, this is the person with whom I have regular sex. Yes. Okay, and, you know, gay sex. Like with, with, with lesbians, uh, and so on. Now, what if you have, instead, a person comes up to you and say, hi, my name is uh, Jane, uh, and she's with a group of people You know, two guys, three girls And, uh, <clears throat> and they say Yeah, this is um, This is Billy, this is David, this is Tom This is uh, Ahmed And uh, and that's uh, <coughs> uh, Serena, I don't know, Sabrina, whatever Tootsie, okay? yeah tuxi, And, and, and uh, we are in A um, open polyamorous. relationship Polyamorous relationship And uh, we kind of share a, a place Together and we have a lot of fun And and uh, and, and that's 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 who we are. So so so, uh, you know. And and she wants. To, and she just kind of nods her head along, like this is a normal thing. And guess what? We're all thinking with you know, kind of fake smiles, like isn't that great? Okay, right. Like and but we're like. But what I'm interested in is, I mean, it would be a great Canada Camera sort of moment, right, uh-huh. or whatever the equivalent is today, just to see how people react to that, because I think most people would would have to just feign like, okay, I, I get it. Uh, I accept that. Um, but we would, of course, internally say, that's weird. That's wrong. And the question is, why is it, why do we know, why do we have a sense that this is off, that this is wrong? And the answer, very simply, is, this is not advancing the cause of civilization. That's what it is. And. Going back to the boyfriend girlfriend thing um, <clears throat> Husband and wife thing But even the boyfriend girlfriend thing This is my boyfriend uh, His name is Tom My name is Sally uh, And you, 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 you like it You say oh this is great He seems like a really nice guy I really like him Part of you is saying I like the two of you together I hope you have kids together I hope you raise them well And I hope you become productive members of society By being good moms and dads That's what you're saying yeah. Aren't you? Whereas the, the big group that I just mentioned, that's all designed just for libido and for the satisfaction of orgasm. That's it. And that's why we recoil, whether we show it or not, we still recoil because they are not participating in the advancement of civilization.
1: Yeah, it, that's what's and happening. our reaction is basically on along these lines. You see a healthy couple like you and me. With our kids Let's just tell everyone right, right, People go, okay, they might be that way But I know they're a pair of good fathers <laughs> And we know Most likely the kids will come out Within the range of normal <laughs> But and, and it's highly predictable based on values Behavior, social status Etc uh, but when you see the group of people, and you miss a huge opportunity here to mention why they're together, because it really helps them afford their health care
0: plan. <laughs> they got the group rate. Yeah, that's true. That's the only reason people um, like love kids. You
1: say to yourself, "Oh God," with with a, you know, some one of or all of them are pregnant. You know, the men and the women. You pregnant. say, "I hope they don't that one up." You're right. you, know, yeah. you know, oh God, are those kids... You you look at it the way you look at the kids raised on the Manson family commune. Right. Like, not ideal. Yeah. In fact, good chance, highly counterproductive. Most likely, the Manson child commune kids are not going to grow up to be William F. Buckley. Right. You know, <laughs> most likely... They'll look, grow my, up to my be, thinking
0: is, and I don't care that it's not PC, I think that if you decide to have a child on your own uh, going back to the uh, to the woman who went to the sperm bank, going back to the to the guy who used the surrogate, um, I, you know. Look, I, I'm I'm hopeful that you'll be very good about raising this child, but you're really starting off way behind the starting line.
1: Yeah, you're making things hard for you. It's like uh, someone once said to me, and this is interesting: when I and my idiot self as a teenager said, "What's wrong with smoking pot all day?" and they just sort of went, "Well, let me explain something to you." You ever see an airplane fly? And yes. They go, yeah. I said, "Well, airplanes have these things, kind of like cars have. This is useful, Barack. You might want to wait a second. They're <laughs> called brakes. They slow the thing down. Now, imagine trying to fly your plane with the brakes on, right? That's what that kind of raising your child as a single <laughs> entity is. It's a, it's a big, it's
0: a big weight. It's to, a big
1: handicap. Yeah, it's, a, it's a handicap.
0: So, and not only that, but it, it's the the analogy of using a uh, uh, a racetrack is almost not good because. You know, a racetrack assumes that you're going the right direction, whereas when you have, you know, a child by yourself or you're having it raised by a commune, like you suggest, um, you're just kind of sending the child off into a different track altogether. And it could be a a criminal track or whatever. It's not a good thing. And it's unhealthy. Um, And it just, you know, you need to think about these things. And look, so somebody's going to write to me, as they always will. Uh, Or they'll call me, and they'll say, but what about the case of the couple that has a child, yes, and then the father dies or the mother dies, uh, or both of them die for that matter, and, you know, isn't that the same thing? Yeah,
1: but they didn't plan that out.
0: Exactly. They didn't make the choice. Um, Hold on, Ari. What? You just got to let me finish my thought. Go, okay cool so uh, <laughs> he, he just he just, here's a gem and he just wants to run with it not realize that I'm actually going a certain direction okay you know you know one good thing about working with Ari is nothing <laughs> yeah well, that's true the good thing about working with Ari is that it for, forces me to visualize my train of thought so that I stick with the plan <laughs> right so Anyway, <laughs> I have to go back to the road. All right. So now, now where was I? Right. So the the point is that these these kids are set back and they don't have uh, the same direction. And not only that, but the going back to the example of the mother or father who dies. Well, at least when you have a mother or a father who dies, you know that father in turn has his own family and they're connected to the family. But you also have memories of the father. Um, you also have. A sense of this is what Dad would would want for you. Uh, likewise with Mom, if she if she's the one who dies, it's too easy to to you know deflate this. What do you, what is the the um, the the, um, the father of this child who didn't even have a mother? It was just a mere, a mere surrogate. What does he say? Well, your mother you know was wonderful. No, he doesn't have anything like that. So he'll make do, I suppose. He'll he'll somehow bring his aunts and, uh, you know, grandmother into the picture. But it's not the same thing.
1: No, Barack. Right. No. He'll make do. He'll try to bribe her with gifts. He'll try to satiate her temper tantrums okay. with trips to Target. He'll ply her with sugar, hoping that's the answer. Right. And it won't work. And it won't work. The, the only thing I, I want to add to this, which I think is an important point, because it goes to the very main thrust of your thesis is when you gave the example of the woman who went to the sperm bank. There's a utilitarian and a behavioral purpose of that that makes sense in the bigger picture. Not that it's a good thing. The one thing that makes sense in the immediate is the pragmatic, which is with women, the clock is ticking. And I respect the urge to mother that the urge to be a mother for her was a strong, overwhelming urge that she knew was part of her obligation to her life and to others. The issue... More than anything, though, is it's the end result of of the the feminism foisted upon her mindset that caused her to who knows how many healthy relationships she passed up early course, in her life for well, career
0: or for. You've got to be a fool as a woman at this at this you know day and age to figure that somehow uh, everything will be great. It'll be the same. You'll be just as appealing and, and desired uh, by by a man, uh, in your late thirties and your early forties, as you were when you're 25, you don't have to like it ladies, but that's the reality. Men want women that are younger, uh, for a bunch of reasons, by the way, not just because they have nicer bodies. It's not, that's not the only reason. Um, it's, and, and nature is basically saying, look, in your twenties, a woman in her twenties, she looks her prettiest. She's
1: a flower ready for a bee. All right. all
0: right, let me let me just. Finish. Um, you, you know, when I tap you on your knee, that means I want to continue with my thought. All right, so now now I need to punch him in the jaw. But you know, that's that's what I learned. Just that, that's very that already effective.
1: happened to you. does it Mean you have to share. But I, share but I
0: realize I realize how effective it was. So that's why.
1: At what? I <laughs> think you eat
0: soup. <laughs> no, yeah, stop talking. All right. Uh, now, where was I? So talking about how, you know, these, these, um, this inability to understand that women in, their, women in their 20s, they look their finest. They radiate the most. They are the most attractive. And there's a reason why. It's nature saying, I am ready. I'm ready to conceive. I am ready to have a child. Uh, and all the biology focuses on that. You don't have to like it. I get it. Maybe perhaps you're one of these people that feels that it's, it's uh, cruel that nature doesn't uh, allow a woman to have a child beyond 45 or 50 or even earlier than that for some ladies. Tough luck. That's the way it is. It's just the way it is. And you can also say it's cruel that nature, generally speaking, makes men stronger, generally speaking, makes them taller, generally speaking, you know, what, for whatever, it makes men more focused on things. And it's also cruel from a man's point of view that women are different in other ways. So, but that's just the way it is. And so these women, you know, going back to your feminist comment, which I think is accurate, um, they've been told that you can have it all, focus on your career, focus on your career, focus, and then finally focus on your career. And if you have a child, well then, you know, you wanna waste your life having a child, you know, go for it, I guess, and and let him, you know, know, spew out carbon emissions and otherwise, um, you know, exhaust all the earth's natural precious resources, but that's your business, right? And uh, and then they, they just they, they do so well in their lives They're in their careers And then they say, okay, I'm ready And they look around And only to find that the men are just not As interested in them As they thought they would be They thought, well, if, if I'm ready Then all the men needs to You know, I'm, I'm pressing the button Like, go, come on, green light come, come at me And let's go out at dates And it's not happening So I, I don't understand the whole mentality If I were if I were a woman, I'd, I'd be very hell-bent on making sure that I uh, committed to a man and a man committed to me. And I, and I really treated it as a full-time job in, in my 20s, um, ideally between 24 and 28. That's uh, like a magic time for a lady. And again, you don't have to like it, but that's the reality. And I, I remember myself when I was looking to get married. I, You know, for men, it's easier. I, I acknowledge that. But uh, I wanted to get married, and I had been married for a very short while, so it's not as if I waited until I was 38. But I had just turned 39, and I met, uh, you know, I, I met my wife on a blind date. And I remember asking the person who set us up, I said, how old is she? And I had a very clear mandate in my own head. I didn't want her any younger than 26, but I didn't want her older than 29. That was my, my window. And I, and I had a whole bunch of biological reasons for that. I wanted more than one kid. If I had, uh, if if I met her and she was thirty, let's say, well, we're not going to get pregnant instantly, right? So, um, we date for a while, and then we might get married. And I wanted to get married before I started, you know, even trying to have kids. So, you know, you do all the math, and and the first time, if you're dating someone who's thirty, let's say, you do all the math, and all of a sudden, you might get lucky if if she's pregnant when she's thirty-two. Okay. But then that's one child. But what if you want two more children or even three more children? I wanted a lot of children. That's, you know, you're really asking, you know, you're really running up against some some serious biology there. So I, I thought to myself, look, 29 or younger, but no, no younger than 26. I wanted to make that because uh, then, then we have a difference in just it's a... Mentality. It's a, yeah, it's a cultural gap uh, at that point, too much so. Anyway, um, you're right. Feminism really has... Uh, effed up with ladies' minds And they're angry They're so angry, Ari Not
1: just- Of course, they've been deprived of the most It's like, imagine as a man it, Like, you see it with these transgender kids uh, Losing your genitals And then you find out, as a child Then you find out, hey, they're useful Yeah, right? exactly, right You'd be angry So it's the same thing to women Basically, they're told Don't use your internal biological sex organs For what they're for Until they're later Right, and then they find it, this thing that is actually the most important thing for them to have in life uh, has been taken away from right. them.
0: Right, well, time and time again, it's we see way. time and time again, we see women, uh, you know, saying much later on in their lives that they feel like they've been fooled, and if they yeah. were to do it all over again, they would definitely have not to focus so much on career. They would have definitely had the family first, and that would have been more important to them.
1: And they could have had a career later
0: Of right? course, of course So I don't want to get to that right now But I'm talking about the anger Not just the anger uh, at the feminism that has developed But a lot of them are angry Before they get angry at the feminism Because not all the, all the women who are find themselves behind the eight ball on this uh, not, They're not always angry at feminism They're angry at men Why? Because men should love them for who they are Men should... Um, should be just as attracted to them if they're 45 years old as they are to a 25-year-old. And it's just not the biology. You just have to accept that reality. Uh, Now, uh, there are many beautiful women, the many attractive women uh, who are 45 and such like that, and it doesn't even, you know, and what is beauty? I get that. But you're a fool. If you're a mother and you tell your daughter that she can, you know, career first and family, if that second, uh, and you actually want to have grandchildren, you're a fool if you tell your your daughter that uh, she should wait. It's just just, you're setting up a terrible um, dynamic uh, and paradigm, for that matter, for her for the rest of her life. You're limiting her to maybe having one child if she's lucky, and then they're going to have to go in vitro, which is very expensive uh, and risky, very risky. And it's it's it's, a, it's just a horrible way to go about it. And you ask anybody who's gone through in vitro, the you know I, I, we never had to deal with that. I, I'm, I'm I'm pleased to say. Uh, even my my wife and I just looked at each other, and she was pregnant. That that's how easy it was for us. But these people are paying twenty thousand, thirty thousand a pop. You know, and and it's like a ten percent chance, twenty percent chance that it'll take. And even if it takes, it, it might go into miscarriage. It's just you know, what a, you know, horrible roller coaster of emotions you must go through. So anyway, that's, I don't want to get too deep into that. I want to kind of move on to well, the, I think to the I, next, I want to move on to the next topic. Um, and the topic, and it's very different um, because we, I think we've talked about all these different factors that are involved for having, um, you know, how relationships are being destroyed and how people don't want to have kids anyway. Uh, they don't. They're not interested in relationships, um, and we're seeing it all fall apart. And it's having dramatic impact on our civilization. Ari, you, you referenced how people don't want to even have kids anymore at all, and they feel like they're being they're being selfless by not wanting kids. And there are better people than you when you you know than you and I who do want kids. It's all reversed. It's an upside down world. It's Orwellian, if you want. That's where we are. Um, And and then then they'll be so surprised when men go to the arms of sex robots. Uh, Because, first of all, they won't get the sex robots pregnant. They won't get diseases either, by the way. And they won't be accused of harassing women or raping women. Um, It's it's a terrifying world for men. It's a terrifying world for everybody. And uh, the easiest thing to do is the path of least resistance. Get your jollies um, with a sex robot, you know, uh, problem solved as I say in my book, several times over. All right, now I want to get into this very uh, fascinating thing that happened to me over the weekend. A very good friend of mine, a woman, uh, said that she didn't want to be friends with me anymore. Uh, She's a wife of uh, a good friend of mine. She's very passionate about climate change.
1: Oh, okay, hold on. So this this actually happened to my wife, yeah. Her best friend, a few years ago, said to her, comes over to our house, takes a walk on the beach with her. This is right after our, and I, I'm telling this little anecdote because I'm sure it's exactly what happened, Is it's so predictable. She comes over, meets my wife's, um, our kid, our, our first daughter for the first time. My wife thinks, oh, my best friend's coming to the East Coast to visit me and meet my baby. And while walking on the beach, this friend says to my wife, I just want you to know, this is goodbye. I wanted to tell you in person, since you're not Willing to embrace socialism, I can't be friends with you anymore. Okay, so she's an idiot. So right, yeah. but this is what I'm sure happened to your your yeah. friend. Your friend is an idiot and said because of your views on climate change, I can't be in your presence.
0: So Ari, I want to thank you so much for telling my story for me.
1: Well, it's the same story, <laughs> and everyone one of our
0: listeners have had this. I know. Epitome. So let me tell my story. Okay, tell
1: your story.
0: <laughs> he's he's annoyed that I stopped him for telling me my story. All right. And yet we love Ari. It we, happens. We don't know everybody. why. We don't know why. All right. So anyway, so this, this woman says, I, I don't think we can be friends anymore. I'm so passionate about this. This is a major cause for me. Right. Uh, I'm very involved in it in every way through Facebook <laughs> and everything else. Yes. And, and I follow the science and you don't and everything else. And, right. and it's, it's like denying the Holocaust. And, uh, <laughs> so I said, I said to her, you know, I did respond. I said, look, I, I want you to see me as somebody who's perhaps some uninformed. I'm just, you know, I just, I have some questions. I, I'd like to be consistent. There are too many things that I just don't understand. And I, and I go through a list of things. Okay, so A, you know, does the, the little ice age factor in the fact that we are climbing out you know, that there are, there our are, there are temperature is increasing. Does that have an impact in your analysis? Do you even know what the Little Ice Age was, which started between 1300, the year 1300, and ended around the Civil War time? So we've been climbing out of that. So they only see it as a, a connection with the Industrial Age, and therefore, because, which is true, um, right. but nevertheless, oh, good,
1: good, good jump to you. what did she say?
0: So hold on, this? hold on. So, and then I asked her that the other questions that we've asked before in this podcast, suddenly Ari's impatient with me.
1: Well, well, you've said these reasons, the audience knows these reasons. I think we need to readjust the, this is important. I mean, it's always this important. Is important. I think we need to readjust the premise, which is we have nothing to prove on climate change. It's nonsense. Okay. Okay. Stop, so stop, stop, these stop. reasons you tell her don't matter anyway.
0: So I asked her so, the basic, you know, Ari. So I asked her the basic questions. I asked her, yes. A, how much are we going to be inundated with water? I mean, what what, what is the level of sea yeah. level rising, assuming that's the consequence of, of climate change? Is it 0.1 of a, uh, of a milli, milli, millimeter, uh, in which case we shouldn't worry? If it's 20 feet, okay, that's a different story. Um, it, what percentage are, is man responsible for it? Um, you know, Can we do anything about it? Uh, when will this all happen? Right? Is it going to happen next Thursday, uh, or is it going to happen, you know, uh, a Thursday 200 years from now? <laughs> that,
1: right. Okay. These, so these you are all. gave her reasons to show that you're a thoughtful Holocaust right. denier. <laughs> Apparently,
0: yes. And and then I and then I ask a question: If they ever go to Ephesus, which is uh, a uh, an old Roman ruin in uh, Turkey. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's a beautifully preserved city. I mean, it's one of the best preserved ruins. That you, you can actually see the city, so to speak, and how the, the old Roman uh, the city used to be in Turkey. And one of the most bizarre things about it is they show you the port. Okay, and here's the port, and the guide tells you, and and imagine if you will... You know, with his nice Turkish accent. You know, people selling their wares and doing this, and selling slaves yeah, for that the matter. Ships
1: coming in with their Back and slaves, and forth, and yeah, wares, right. and spices.
0: And this is and and now, if you don't have any further questions, let's move on to the next you know site of this uh, ruin. And I remember one person asked, uh, "Excuse me, I have a question. Uh, yes, um, the water is way down there. Why is the port so high up? I mean." doesn't make any sense. Did they unload way down there and bring it up through this port? And he says, no, 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 the, the, the water was up to, the, that's where the, the sea level was at the time. Okay, folks, let's move on. Let's. Uh, and, and he and I are looking at each other like, hmm, so what you're saying is the sea level was much higher during there. the time of the Romans than it is today. today. Right? Mm. And, and,
1: oh.
0: Yeah. And, and, and that's consistent with what we know yeah. of other things, yeah. like Greenland was actually green. There's the, that's the reason why it's called Greenland. The Vikings lived there; they thrived there. Um, right.
1: So, what did this woman say? What so, was her so response she, she, to she, all demur-
0: this? she completely demurred, didn't respond, and she said, "I'm a woman of science, and and uh, you reject science, and we can't be friends anymore." And right. I just, I, you know, and she felt, no doubt, she felt very good about you know cutting me off. Yes. Uh, which, which, look, it's fine in many ways. But I, all I could Fun think of for you,
1: you win here right.
0: all I know. could think of is you know i I am first of all I, I, we talked about this before I'm vegan, as you know I'm, I'm probably doing much more to stop the uh, climate change to the extent that it even is a problem than in the, anything she, she's doing. I know she's a meat eater, so that's the irony, but that's another story okay, okay? Uh, secondly i I find it fascinating like to to what extent let's say let's say she said today talking 2019 you know there's a theory of relativity and it's all summarized in a in a theory called e equals mc squared and i said to her i don't understand the theory of relativity uh, you know it's with gravity and time working together and the speed of light and i just don't get it i mean what does it matter isn't time always there you know that I, I don't. I don't get it. Please explain to me. I'm. I'm skeptical. Let's say about it. Well, then her job at that point is to say, Barack. Let me explain to you. It is very complicated. But here's how we get to the E equals MC squared. But she wouldn't say you're a Holocaust denier for not believing or not or, or being skeptical or, or just having questions about. theory of relativity.
1: Yeah, she's the expert you'd expect in normal parlance for to say, oh, oh, okay, little child, let me explain to you these things you
0: don't understand
1: to enlighten you so you can then spread the gospel to others. Right.
0: right? For for example, I mean, and this was in the movie Interstellar, which is a really fun movie. I I enjoyed it. Uh, You you are to understand that a a planet that has a stronger gravity, a bigger planet, let's say, uh, time is going to be uh, sped up in on that planet. So if you went to the planet and then you left the planet and came back to Earth, you would be um, fairly young still and everyone on Earth would still would be a lot older. Yes. I don't understand that. Okay? I I, I mean I, I know that I believe that is true. Yeah but
1: you can conceive in your, your little eggshell mind right. that time is somewhat, if you will,
0: fluid, fluid, and yes. that
1: it moves faster over there,
0: right, and a little slower over here, right. And it's you know, look, I'm willing to understand that, I, but but let's say let's say it's not the year 2019, yes, but but somebody Einstein is just proposing this for the first time in 1924, right. And, and yeah. everyone's saying to him, "Listen, dude, I mean, you seem like a bright guy." WTF, right? Yeah, you must be a bright guy. What with your hair crazy and all that stuff, but at the same time. You know, prove me, you know, explain me, Lucy, <laughs> prove this to me that this makes any sense. Because what you're saying is pretty wacky. The notion if I go to a planet with a, a heavier gravity that somehow, you know, I'll, I'll come back and I'll age very little and, and we'll all be very old compared to you. I don't believe you, Einstein. You know, you need to explain this. And so he, he wouldn't be angry with us. He wouldn't say, you know, you, you're not believing me is the same thing as you're not believing the Holocaust, I mean, it's crazy, right? Oh, yeah. that's, that's That would be point. crazy. That's, yes. that's a perfect analogy, yes. right? So that's what these people do in the climate change thing. It's, it's not a science at all. They, they want you to – it's a religion. Climate change is not a science. Yeah. It's a religion. And they want you to subscribe to it, hook, line, and sinker. Well,
1: up. there's a slight distinction that I think makes it even more ominous, which is it's a cult, and the difference is fine, and it's not a distinction without a difference, it's a huge difference. I agree, and a huge distinction. I like the it. The difference is this if it was a religion, you are free to either practice it.
0: believe, or, <laughs> or not, not be. believe. Yeah, if it's a cult, you're joining or you're out. That's right, All right? It's That's us, it's us and them. Yeah, it's us and them. And. The,
1: her behavior, and that's why I kind of bristled When you started explaining the, the, the vagaries of it you know, Whether reasonable or not Because we know going in That this is not a person willing to hear anything That, that conflicts in the slightest with cult doctrine Right, And she's engaging in the practice of this interaction with you In a, in a moment of excommunication and excommunication has already been judged, juried, and executioned or against you. That's right. And there's no appeal uh, of uh, – we cannot re- hear evidence here. You've already been sent into the wilds here. Right,
0: right. It's very interesting, uh, I, and I agree with you. I, I like your distinction between religion and cult because the, if you were to have a, um, a religious debate – so, for example, if someone were to come to me, let's say a Christian, and say, you know, how can you not believe in Jesus as, as the Messiah? Uh, we could have discussion. I mean, I, I'm not going to demonize him and say that he shouldn't, because uh, he's asking me about my Judaism, or for that matter, me not accepting Jesus as my Savior. He's not going to demonize me, not today at least. And uh, it's, it's pretty impressive that we can get along with that, uh, and it's not an issue. They don't ostracize me. On the contrary, Jews and Christians are hand in hand in, uh, the, the movement of civilization and the love of Israel, the love of America, the love of God. It's, it's great stuff. We, we love that. Um, but yet when it comes to climate change, it's more like a cult. And the cult is that if you do not believe the way I do, you are the other and you must be um, you know, outed uh, and and exiled and uh, shamed and shunned and all the terrible things you can imagine. Yeah.
1: If not killed.
0: Well, at um, at, at least incarcerated. Yes. Uh, you know, because of your crazy thoughts. You're the equivalent of not only a Holocaust denier, but a flat earther, um, you know, or believe, who believes that, uh, you know, the humans, um, you know, roam the earth with dinosaurs. You know, all those things that they would like to claim that we are. Um, and, and that's very... You know, very silly, of course, on their part. But, you know, you keep on saying, look, I just, I want to ask questions. Just like, you know, somebody asked Dennis Prager and, and they asked me, uh, why don't you believe that Jesus was the Savior? And we'll, we'll, you know, we'll explain this is what Judaism thinks. And these are the conditions necessary before a Messiah is accepted. And we believe that that is not the same conditions that you believe has happened already.
1: Yeah. But on the same token is that we also do not blame. Ostracized, look down on Christians for accepting Jesus as their Savior. I, we're jiggy with it. Cool. Good Over example. Here, great joy. Great example. But we also know, and I think this is has to be said in this, we also know not to walk in to the Scientology Center and say, I'm a suppressive person. Proof to me I'm not. Right. Come right, on. Exactly. We understand they have their beliefs, and we're not going to go screw with them. If they want to be
0: that, go ahead. Right. Yeah. Well, to your point, uh, and this is where I want to wrap up, Ari, I I think that if we were to say to a climate change person, a climate change enthusiast is like like I like to describe them, um, that, hey, you're nuts for believing what you are and I don't want to be your friend anymore because you believe in climate change, uh, you know, it it, it would be an absurdity. We don't – you know, you're you're entitled to your, your belief. You seem to think that that's, you know, where the earth is heading. I I seem to I, I don't believe that man can possibly change the climate this way. Whatever climate changes are happening are not the function of man. Uh, at, at the very least, we are a minuscule percentage of whatever that change might be, whether it's warming or cooling or hurricanes or whatever it is. It is it's absurd to us, but nevertheless, you can believe what you want to believe. I certainly will not ostracize somebody because of their you know, diehard belief in climate change and man-made climate change at that. That's the difference between those who have faith in God and those who do not, in many, in many instances. The the godless are far more talismanic, far more rigid in their Belief or non-belief, as the case may be, whatever it is, whether it's their belief in socialism, to use your example with uh, Feeney.
1: Feeney's friend, yes. Right.
0: Uh, or belief in climate change or the, the lack of belief in God. They are far more right than you. They, they by golly, they know exactly what's what. They, they know the truth with a capital T, capital R-U-T-H, baby. You have no idea what's what. And it's, it's fascinating, isn't it? You know, I don't think that I hold anything so firmly— uh as they do as, as much as I know right. that there's a God, I allow for the distinct possibility that there is no God, I could be wrong. I, I firmly believe you, in have, God.
1: you have the same person principle of constantly going through life going. I might be wrong here.
0: I might be wrong right, right. I might yeah I might uh, everything might be an illusion, yeah. all that good stuff. but these climate change people, these socialism people, uh, these people who don't believe in God at all, they know, they, they are yeah. farmer. there's a hundred percent belief. Yeah. They do not doubt for a second. And and that, my friend, uh, that's where the distinction lies. And if you can't, if you find yourself to be somebody who knows for sure and there's no doubt whatsoever, you're on the wrong side. Okay, that's an easy way to remember this. All right, folks. Thanks so much for listening to you. I'm Barack Lurie. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk with you next week.